Looks like a Johnny Cash kicked out the footlights crowd. We love our country. You know that we love it loud. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of the Classic Pinball Podcast. My name is George, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello, George. In this episode, Dave gets me charged up right from the start talking about flippers. You're leading me sort of in a direction to the last show, which is the flipper strength on the game of the month, the game of the week, retro atomic zombie adventure land i don't know if you had a chance to listen but i thought it was a weak explanation to not have those flippers stronger than they were it just i I don't know break plastics you're the manufacturer what do you care you're gonna make five billion of them you know break the machine that's Give people an enjoyable experience. I got that's a whole different rap, and we're going to do that in a different show. But I, the more I thought about it, the more disappointed. Their excuse was, "If we make them too powerful, we're going to break stuff in the game. It's going to break targets and stuff." Yes. Wow, that's it would, for the game that I played in Houston. I, I want to quali- qualify it. Now, I'm not sure. I'm guessing by that comment, you could juice them up a little bit my word hey, who who's uh, a manufacturer that makes that uh what the hell oh uh deep root oh, deep okay that's right yeah that, that's all the talk of the town these days deep root um oh every, everybody was fighting this week to to be the first and i'm listening to all the different podcasts and not one of them meaning the podcasters the people who actually bring you the podcast not one of them attended the show. There is one person, and you know him, you met him, but he went on somebody else's show. So people listened to me for some stupid reason this week. I, I gave my honesty. The jury's still out, but I don't think they did themselves any favors by making the best shot in the game or at least the most forward shot in the game inaccessible i never hit it and i never saw anybody hit see it. that's not good then the people are going to get the full experience there was another game recently that they had at a show and it was lackluster and some tech from the company had to come over and because they could juice up the flippers maybe it was um i don't know was it was it hobbit was it jersey jack game we actually I, I know jersey jack games you can mess with in the software settings from the front door all the coil voltages, you, you actually can bring things up more powerful, less powerful. All the coils in the game, you can make more or less powerful. And I don't know if it was that manufacturer or somebody else, but there were complaints about it, and they had to come over and they, they juice the game up, you know, to adjust for maybe low voltage in the building or whatever they were doing. And that worked out pretty well. Well, that's and, why I was kind of giving them a break. It's at a show. There's a zillion games. Jury's still out, but I, I didn't like I didn't like the answer, and I guess I have another question out of that. You can't juice the flippers on a stern? 
New Stern, Modern Stern. Modern Stern, not as far as I know, not that I've seen. The the Jersey Jack, yes. I'm not sure Deep Root. I'm not sure if Deep Root has that you that you can mess with the uh the voltage the voltages. Is that a setting, do you know? Can you do that in that? Do they no, really no idea. Move for, we're gonna move forward until they bring the game out and it's an actual production model. Okay. Uh I'm gonna give them the benefit of that and say, show me that this thing works. Sure. The other side of the coin is did they do it on purpose? Because I've heard some other podcasters say, well, maybe they did it on purpose. They don't want you to hit it. No, that makes no sense. It makes no sense. Why would you, you'd want to make someone hit at least once. Otherwise it's like, I don't know. It's the unobtainium shot. Dave, I'm, you know, you know, you know me well enough. I, I look at it and say, if you're putting the feature on there, make it so the feature can be hit. And it shouldn't be like I was watching, uh, um, before we got on the air here, uh, Robo War down at uh, Free Play Florida. The only way you could make the ramp shot on that game was if the ball came careening down the right out lane to the flipper with momentum. It, it's like, come on, guys. There's got to be a solution. And it would frustrate you at at the Houston show too. Some of the games I played were just the flippers, especially in the women's bells and chimes. I went and played one of their games after they were yeah. done. What game was that? Um, oh, I said it in the last show. It doesn't matter. Whatever it was, the flippers were beat. And I said to myself, this is a game you bring to a tournament. Why isn't it the, the best it can be? That's, that's what I say. That, that makes no sense to me anymore. You still there? Hello, Dave. Let's try that. How's that? Am I yeah. there? What happened? Timed out again? Am I back? It timed out, of course. Of course. I, I, uh, I, I, every, I've been tapping my screen every couple so, seconds, but. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll edit okay. it all out. So that's. Well, I, I get it. My, diatri- my diatribe on flippers. I, the flippers should work, and they should work well. My, my commentary on tournament stuff, okay? So I think since I I grew up at Fun and Games in Framingham, everything was minty, everything was like brand new, and they kept it all, you know, top-notch, everything strong. And I think that should that gives um, your pinball player his best chance possible to do the best he can because you need to – I would think, from my perspective, you want to assume that everything works as it should there's no weird, weak stuff going on at all in a perfect world, even though we don't live in a perfect world, but we can try to strive to get there. Um, everything should be nice, strong flippers and, and so forth. So when I do a tournament, I have it all in my stuff. That's all good to go. And it's all, you know, plays really well. I mean, and No, I, I, I know very well how you maintain your games. I, I completely understand. We're, you know, we're in a, we're in a public environment. I, I guess my my thought is, if you're lending a game to be at a show, you should make sure that that game is the best it can play. And I don't want to I, I don't want to make people on. Let me rephrase that. People should understand that at the main event that I played in, all those games played great. There were 18 games there. 
I have no complaints on any of those games. The ones I played played great. So I guess it's a. Say again. No, I, uh, I took a pause and I was trying to think of words to put there and I'll again edit it out. If you're bringing a game, the game should, should play correctly. That's all. Don't bring a craft game to a tournament. You're not doing anybody's uh, any favors. The Robo Wars that they had there, it crapped out two days ago. Fine. Remove it and be done with it. Don't come back to it. Yet they played it in the uh, finals and they got through one player and they had to yep. abandon it again. To me, that's, that's, that's asinine. You're putting on a yep. show. So again, I'll I'll end my diatribe. I, you know that kind of that kind of stuff just shouldn't. It's it's the same thing when I when I was running my league for five years. You know, I, I would have you know different houses had their other games, and they're all pretty good shape, but they weren't all gone through like I go go through my stuff. So that's why you know you you go through every couple of weeks and you um you know, try to get the best score possible and you you build up your points and that kind of thing to see who's gonna be in the in the finals and that kind of thing and, and uh, what's it called the pecking order I forget what you call it that how you how you place you know to go into the finals that's why I have finals at my place because you get now when you're at finals you're going to play at a at the best house everything's all done up and I, I spend I spent all my time working on this stuff so it's like you know so so you know I I, I give a crap <laughs> you know well you're you're you are in my opinion you can call people out yeah because you talk the talk and walk the walk. Right. You know, and, and I'm not, uh, I, I, uh, I stay up late at night doing it. I'm not, uh, you know. I'm... No, you're not complaining. You're, <laughs> you're not complaining. I guess I'm sending a message out to tournaments and saying, if you're going to include these games and they're going to be finals games or they're going to be semifinal games or even just, you know, beginning of the tournament, make sure they play correctly. I understand that they, you know, they might go out a little bit of sync as time progresses through a tournament, but you don't hear, you know, the biggest tournaments that are out there, it's rare. You will hear some people complain, but it's rare that you'll hear that because they really do try to take the time, even in between rounds, if it's overnight, some of these tournaments put people on, you know, technicians on to make sure that the games are playing correctly. I, I that's the right the right thing to do you can't do it mid you know you can't do it mid mid tournament but you can do it if it's overnight and the game's sitting everybody has an equal when's the last time we released an episode last week though right well me but not you right the last one we did together was two and a half weeks ago time flies I don't count when I do. If I do a show, I don't count. It, trust me, I like doing the show with you. It's a lot easier. It's hard to do by yourself. Right. Yep. A lot of editing, a lot of re-recording. I must have re-recorded that thing a hundred. Janice was yelling at me. She's like, "What are you doing? <laughs> you're like upset." But yeah, you're, you're, you're trying to you're trying to get perfection out. You're trying to get something nice. That's all, Dave. I have a I have a newfound affinity for people who can do this. You can call them a talking head, and yes, they are because they have a teleprompter. But you need a good script writer, and you need somebody who can 
you know, who can r- run with it. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not as easy as it looks or sounds. No. That's all exactly. Say. You'll see. Someday, oh, yeah. someday I'm just going to let you. Oh boy. <laughs> I'll record it and I'll let you do a show. Then you'll see. You'll go. <laughs> I do. This takes way too long. You're asking me to re-record the same passage. That's why when when we did that with the what's his name, you know, they were pretty polite. They didn't ask you to re-record anything. A lot. Right. A couple of times, but not a lot. Right. They could have. They did a couple of times. They want to get multiple takes so you could choose the best one. So it was good. Right, because they wanted it better. They were like, "Oh, you can do that right. better." They didn't tell. They didn't say that to you, but. Trust me, in the back of their head, that's what they're thinking. You didn't put the right inflection in there. You know, it didn't sound right. You, you gurbled a little bit. Whatever oh. it was, you know, they're like, okay, do it again. Now think if you're getting paid for it and you're an actor. You get what yeah, I'm oh saying, yeah. though. You know, if you're getting paid for it and they kept saying, do it again. After a while, you must just be like, oh, man. Okay. It's like, is that, is that good enough? Is that good? Time. Good? Come on. It's the 10th take. Come on. Trust me, I did a couple of those. Okay. And it still is, sounds like a butcher job because it's cut up a million different ways just because of the ums, the uhs. I, I think I corralled some of it today. I'll have to listen back. But when I listen back, I just cringe. I'm like, okay, this thing I'm going to have to divide up. Now we're at 95 minutes. There's a couple other good things here. But I'm going to have to butcher this thing up into like 15-minute segments because – Going in and listening, you know, re-recording it and editing it, or editing it, you got to wait for the thing to cycle back. Right. So if you have big chunks, it takes forever. It's a lot easier when everything's a little bite-sized. Right. Embryon. Dave, what do you think? Uh, Embryon, I loved this game from when I first played it in a bowling alley in Framingham, Bowlerama. Was with my friend Paul, PJ, many times, and uh, play some bowling, and then go right up and play the lineup of Embryon, Fathom, Top Score, uh, Joker Poker, Stern Memory Lane, and I think Cardwiz was there too. I don't know how you remember all this, but anyway, I, <laughs> so I bought in a genie too. I bought this game because my friend, again in New Jersey, Jack, bought this game. I always gravitated towards that game out of the 25 he owned. But that was the first one I bought. My first one I bought out of this, I guess you'd call it a shed, but it was part of Al Air State Airport, which is off of exit 98, the parkway, Garden State Parkway in New Jersey. Okay. I went there on a Saturday morning with my buddy Jack, and I think it might have been... I don't know if John Toth went with us. I think he might have. And I think I pulled it out of there for 300 and something dollars. Reasonable. Maybe sure. 350. Might have been 300. I don't remember. I bought a couple from this guy. He got his games from Tom Callahan. From Tom Callahan, old school, restoring games. Yeah, he got out of the business a couple of years ago. He did. He got old, but he was he was the man for board repair and stuff in the 80s and 90s, in the early 2000s. He was the guy to go to. He was the, the guy. He even made his own uh, MPU for Bally, the uh, motherboard. So, uh, or, or mother with an M-U-T-H, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so he made you know, all kinds of different videos and stuff, and uh, he was early on, a pioneer. So you think you bought it from him? I think I got his game. It kind of went through another collector in Newton. I bought that. I was really, I was so tempted to buy uh, Bonsai Run that was sitting there. And I had a, I could have bought that for seven fifty working, Bonsai Run. Yeah, no more. Not anymore. But uh, missed so out. so let's segue into the games we bought together. Now, I remember the look on your face when I pulled up to your house in big red. Do you do you remember that pickup truck, that Chevy Silverado? I think it was an eighty five. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah. First of all, I think you were amazed at the fact that it made it to your house. Second is, I'm not sure you thought it was, and you probably didn't at the time, the safest vehicle that you ever entered. No, but, you know, that <laughs> Willie you have, that one there is a little, you know, it's a little more... Uh, yeah, well, that, that's getting restored. We'll talk about that <laughs> in an upcoming episode. Dallas Overturf was selling, was it three Embryons? Or two. I think it was three embryons. And you ended up with two out of the three? Yeah, or maybe you had four. Did you get two and I got two? No. Maybe I got one. No, I think I got one. I had, I had another one or two. You got one this. plus. Yeah. You've heard us talk about him before. My cabinet, I didn't buy it for the cabinet. I wanted the play field. However we divvied it up, we got a couple of them. And it was in that dark, dank basement but it wasn't it was more like a crawl space i remember that and i'm like i can't believe this guy is storing these I games me- i remember those being down there maybe well, I, did i come there afterwards you kind of brought the games out and i saw them after they were out of the uh, catacombs no no you were there with me mm. you probably yeah, yeah okay you've been a lot of places i would just remember that was a weird place the cabinet that i got from there was as you can imagine, a moldy, just, you know, falling apart mess, and it wasn't worth anything. So I turned that into Embrygon. Embrygon, good, I like it. You know, sometimes they're going to move on. I stuffed that thing with more flammable material than you could ever think of, and we lit it on fire at my buddy's place down in Groton, Connecticut. I have the video somewhere. I'm going to see if I can find it and you can host it on your video channel because it is something to say. You're going to say sorry, John, right now, though, because right now there's a John out there that's weeping because you said you're destroying an embryo on camera. Johnny, we're down in the basement again. Yeah, that's what you pull. I yank it out of there. Okay. Well, you can see we're looking at the game right now. You can see up in the bonus area that's been pounded on. Yep. I tried repairing it. It still wore off. I don't know how to do it, and I'm not going to do it. Touch it up with one big plastic sticker over the whole thing. They, I have the right artwork, but I wish somebody would redo it. Everybody redoes every other damn thing except this game for whatever unknown reason, probably because there aren't so many. But I think there's more than you think. I say you touch it up yourself and take some of the nice, clear mylar or whatever. Oh, this would there. be this would be a playfield protector because you mm. can see this is a little. I mean, oh, this yeah. game's been played. 
it's been real good. And you listen to the sound people. Dave did the board work for the sound after. Oh, you know what? We didn't talk about it upstairs. Mm -mm. Well, let's take a minute. We didn't talk about the seven-digit displays. Oh, yeah. Come in a little closer. Yeah, seven digits, yes. So, I tried to do mine with somebody's engineering attempt. And it, coincidence or not, fried my soundboard. Not only did I do it once, I did it twice. And Dave redid the soundboard and the game's never been better. But Dave did the seven-digit display the old way. And I'll let him talk about it. Yeah, the old way is a guy overseas made these nice, you know, modified ROMs for this game, all these games from this time frame. And some had given seven-digit scoring to as as a modification that easily flippable like Embryon, Hot Dog, and Harlem Globetrotters, etc. And it only came with six, and there really should have been seven. So what this does, the software counts the right way for it, adds another digit, and then you get four seven-digit displays off of a different game, throw it in, and then sometimes, I think this game, you can just do a direct wire from each display to a certain number in there, to a certain digit, and just wire that back to the MPU in a certain spot that's made for seven digits, just on a navel. So it's not a gigantic engineering no, feat to not, do no, it. not on this game and a couple of the other ones, it's a little more. Other ones involves you making a little breadboard circuit with Activate a little chip. Embryon. Yeah, you just settle down, Embryon. <laughs> you make this little chip, this little uh, breadboard chip, you know, a simple circuit, and you put that in there as a little go-between, and you can make it work that way, too. That works on... Uh, I think Harlem Globetrotters, I did also in Galaxy. Right, Galaxy. but isn't the big piece when you do this that you're using a Bali seven-digit display yes. in a six-digit area? Yes, it fits so, right in. Oh, it, it does? Oh, yeah, it fits right in because it's uh, it's tighter spacing. The seven-digit is tighter oh, spacing, so it fits okay. the same window, same form factor. I gave up after it didn't do my game nice things. I gave up, and I'm never changing it again. So it's staying the way it is. Dave's right. You get good at it. You roll it. I started playing this. I have not been playing it recently. Used to be play it all the time. Not anymore. Beat me up pretty bad this week. I did not play this well. So I'm hoping this goes better tonight. Viewer Bruce will be very happy, I'm sure. <laughs> He's our number one fan. He made it across the country. I know. Freaking maniac. <laughs>